Yeah, I, I have uh, a similar issue, or not really like an issue, just like habit uh, with the, uh, when I work and I'm checking my uh, sales orders. Yeah. Uh, when I'm looking over and double checking my work, I always have, I like instinctively grab uh, and fidget with my pen. Like if I oh, don't yeah. have a pen in my hand to like fidget with subconsciously, I can't like properly double check my work. The girl that I, I like worked with without it. Yeah. The girl that I worked with at the bank. I would drive her nuts with that if I had a pen nearby. I didn't even realize I had it in my hand. Yeah, I'd, I'd be sitting there like fucking <clears throat> Boris from Goldeneye, clicking my <laughs> pen as I worked, yelling, "I am invincible!" For some invincible. reason. Welcome back, everyone, to another installment of Screenplay Rewind. I'm Jeff. I'm Ron. And this week, I'm going to let Ron go to intro the movie because it is his pick for the week. We watched Circle. Hopefully you didn't watch The Circle, but we watched Circle from 2015. It does not star Emma Watson or Tom Hanks. All right, well, we're going to need to take a two-hour break so I can go watch the correct (laughs) movie because I was here ready with my notes about Tom Hanks. And then, yeah, so we'll we'll be back next week with another installment of Screenplay Rewind. No joke, you did text me to verify before you watched it. Yeah, because I I remember just talking about it, and I was like, pretty sure he said the one on Netflix that didn't have Emma Watson and Tom Hanks, but just to be sure, I'll go ahead and double check that. (laughs) I laughed so hard when I got that text message. (laughs) I was like, oh, no. Tell me you're about to watch it. You just finished it. <laughs> it's just like looks up at the credits. Starring Tom Minks, Emma Watson, The uh, Circle. Oh, my God. But, yeah, it was available on... It was. It still is available on Netflix at the time of this recording. And um, I don't know how we're going to talk about this. It's going to be an interesting episode. It's just going to kind of... Things are going to happen kind of as they happen. This is a weird one. It's, it's First still, and foremost... Uh, spoiler warning, please have watched the movie if you care about spoilers, then come back and check out the episode. Yes. And yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even know where to begin so, with this one. So what I was going to say is before we get into it, I'm very curious how you stumbled across this movie because I had never heard of it until you picked it for the show. I was looking... For something to kind of turn on in the background as I was playing a game and ended up turning the game off. Okay. Is basically what happened. Uh, I was looking for something like, I don't know this movie. I don't know anyone in it. Seems weird. Seems like a good candidate. And I turned it on and I don't even remember what I was playing. I just remember the movie. (laughs) Probably Dark Souls. It's probably Dark honest. Souls. Yeah. It's always Dark Souls. Yeah, you can always probably, bet on Dark Souls. It's probably some weird mod or something. The uh I, I bet part of the reason it caught your eye is the the placeholder image in yes. Netflix where it is very evocative. Yes. It's the uh I'll I'll let you kind of lay out the the basic plot line for it, but the, the placeholder image is the uh single setting for the movie. Yeah, the yeah, and we're going to talk about something interesting about that later. Um, I found wiki diving. Um, but yeah, the image for it is the one setting, which is a dark room. has a bunch of red circles on the ground, a bunch of red arrows. And 
the black orb of doom in the center and it uh every red circle has a person just standing in it facing each other towards the center it looks like looks like a game show from hell it really does and the interesting thing about this movie is it was apparently inspired by 1957's 12 angry men i saw that uh yeah like i kind of get it my first instinct was what but, the fuck but then you know the yeah, more i like thought about it the more i kind of see it yeah yeah exactly like the more you think about it the more it kind of makes sense but initially i i, I was like wait what <laughs> the, the the second half of the movie is very 12 angry men yeah um but you don't know what's going on you don't know where they are you don't know why they're there the people in the room don't know each other they don't know why they're there. They don't know what's happening. They don't remember anything. And they literally, they the first scene, the first thing you see is these 50 people arranged in a circle doing nothing. They're like unconscious or like in a trance, but they're standing up. Yes. And it's very weird in itself. Like that's already just an eerie sight. And slowly one by one, they start waking up. And... One of my, I, I, I hesitate to say favorite moments of the movie is when the rest of the people wake up all at once and start panicking and running around the room and just getting zip zapped left and right and, oh, yeah. and drop dead. Because I know I am one of those people in that scene if I'm in this room. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, though, uh, I love the, the, the shot selection that they open the movie on because when they're showing each of the people standing up kind of in a trance like you were saying uh it pans in a circle so yes. you're kind of like head level with them and you're just panning right and it just pans forever to show you just how many freaking people are it, in this room it's almost from the perspective of um the black eye orb or whatever in the middle of the room because it is dead center and they're all in a circle around it it's a great shot and um my one of my very first notes uh is that the directors and the cinematographers they get a lot out of this single location. Like, because that's one of the elements that a lot of filmmakers are terrified of in this kind of claustrophobic of a film, as far as it just having one setting, is that, oh, we need to be kind of imaginative and fast-paced with our shots. Otherwise, it starts to become stale. Like, the movie kind of loses traction. But they do such a good job of uh, their framing and the way that they just move between close-ups and like more elongated shots where you're seeing multiple characters in the frame. And it's just like the cinematography is great. Framing multiple characters in the frame is where they really, really nail it because yeah, it's often important who all you're seeing simultaneously. And sometimes that person that's important that is in frame is across the room on the other side of the circle, but it's still framed in such a way that it doesn't feel like they're cheating to get people in frame, right? It doesn't feel like they're making people stand in different places to get certain people in frame. It feels like no one has moved this entire time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, real quickly, uh, the directors and writers of the film are Aaron Han and Mario Mischione. Uh Cinematographer was Zoran Popovich. So yeah, A plus. This movie looks great. And I imagine it was probably fairly low budget. So they really got a lot out of their production. The thing that I alluded to when we first started is the one production note um, that really just kind of blew my mind to think about. 
was with all these people all being filmed in one room, they literally could not film unless everyone was there. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a movie that they could cheat on because most of the time, even if they're in the same scene, actors aren't in front of each other a lot of the time. But in this movie, they had to be because you needed to see other people's reactions to things. You needed to see them, you know, the way they reacted. You needed to see the body language because there's a lot going on in the background of this film, even though it's just 50 people in a room. A yeah. dark room oh. at that. There's not even any background. One YouTube video that I highly recommend anyone uh, who is who finds uh, filmmaking techniques as far as like camera placement and the framing of characters in the foreground and the background. If anyone is like you know a student filmmaker or anyone just like us who just finds it interesting, YouTube the Knives Out video with Ryan Johnson where he is uh, breaking down uh, his setting up of their frames as far as which members of the family he keeps in the foreground and which members of the family he keeps in the background. Really? Ryan Johnson is so meticulous. He had specific uh, sets set up to where he could have like specific family paintings in the background, in the background behind certain characters. Oh my it's god. It's, it's it's just like for a movie geek like me, it's just like crack. I love shit like this. I love yeah, it. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to find the the link and uh, send it to you because it's it's great stuff. And I love Ryan Johnson too, and and Knives Out specifically. So it's it's Knives just like so good. It's almost too good to be on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, so I agree. Uh, so one of the first, so I I love uh, another element of this movie uh, in general, but this movie uses it to great effect protagonist switching yes this movie shows you just about instantly that this movie pretty much has no protagonist because i uh i love how it opens up you have one dude in the room who's trying to calm everyone down and he's like calm cool and collected he's like trying to get everyone kind of you know settled down there guys you know we got to work together we got to and he's like one of the first people to get killed his hair and the way he's dressed, he looks like a Spider-Man villain. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, dude, he looks so, like yeah. he's waiting for a symbiote to get him. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, just just talking generally, Jeff, did you find this movie to be an interesting case study and in just what it is and like the way people think and the way people do what they do and their rationale? Yeah, this this film. I love the just audacity that it has. I know like, in certain places, it, it, I admit that it's predictable. In certain places, I admit that uh, some of it's maybe not as strong as it could be when it comes to that type stuff. But the fact that it goes the places that it goes yeah, and, and without fear. says the things that it does, yes, it, it puts it front yeah. and center. This this movie, like these guys, they're they're... It's a cool little Twilight Zony concept of a you know a horror thriller, but they are trying to say something. Like they, they this is politically driven. This is uh, 2015. This is before yeah, this, everything that has happened since 2016 election. And th this came up before all that, and it predicted everything. Yeah. And <laughs> like, it's like some of the conversations in and uh, stereotypical characters that pop up. I mean, we're talking I would, I would right down to the way they're dressed. Stereotypical, right? The guy with the so, red suspenders. Yeah. You know exactly what archetype he was the moment you saw him in his uh in his like slacks 
in white button-up shirt and red suspenders or the sweater vest guy, you oh, knew awesome. exactly who those people we're gonna, were before they even talked. We're going to talk about the sweater vest guy. <laughs> Everybody because knows I, a sweater vest guy. <laughs> everyone knows a sweater vest guy, but this is like the king of just fucking cunty sweater vests. He's people. that <laughs> uncle at Thanksgiving. That's yeah. That's so so what I was going to what I was going to say is that some of these stereotypes in a character points of view, I guess, uh would feel ham-fisted and overly stereotypical if I couldn't pull up Twitter right now and find a hundred cases of each of these archetypes, because they exist. Yes. They're stereotypes for a reason, because some of these fucking asshole self-centered people exist and they're just all over Twitter that I see it on a daily basis and it makes me sad. Yeah. And that's part of this movie's like statement is like, I felt like after finishing this movie, I needed a shower. <laughs> and you watched movie, it in two parts. I watched it in one. <laughs> this this movie is with where it goes and its politically charged uh, kind of motivations for its themes. Like it's it's gross, but not in a bad way. It's gross in an effective way. It's it's very I effective. I think in I, okay. So here's interest. Here's something that's interesting to think about. When I first watched this movie a couple of years ago, probably, before we've been entrenched in everything we've been entrenched in the last few years politically here in America. Especially this year. Especially this year. When I watched it a, a couple, like, two, maybe three at most years ago, I didn't have the same reaction to it then that I had to it watching the, this time. It uh, and Even knowing a lot of what was coming, I didn't remember just how how far to the edge they took a lot of the stuff. And I actually kind of rediscovered it. This is my second time watching it. Um, and this was my first time uh, watching it. And watching it, this movie, for the first time in December of 2020. <laughs> holy fuck. Like, I'm glad I watched it, but it's... It's heavy. It's brutal, dude. It's it's heavy. And, and god damn... I don't think I would have had the testicular fortitude to like go <laughs> to the the edges that these guys do because they don't give a fuck who they insult. They go after everybody. It's fucking rough. But so uh, at the beginning of the movie, you just start seeing these people just start dying. Just kind of, it seems almost randomly. So, well, uh, what happens first, one of the characters that wakes up, sees she's standing in a red circle. She tries to step off of it. And there's this sharp, burnt, like game show sound, like you you kind of said earlier. Remind you, the post reminded you of like a game show from hell. It's kind of a game showy sound that buzzes when she tries to step off the circle. Then she reaches out to touch an unconscious person next to her and gets the same the same buzz. So you already know something is horribly not right here, just from the mm -hmm. trance everyone is in. And the fact that you cannot get off of your red circle and you cannot touch the people next to you. And what happens when everyone wakes up at once is they just immediately ah, ah, and start running around the room panicking. And to show you what happens when you get off of your spot on the floor, literally, lightning or some form of electricity arcs out of the orb in the middle and hits people seeming to me dead in the chest, like where the heart would be. Yeah, like it instantly stops their heart. Like, yes. uh, yeah, like cardiac arrest instantly. Yes. And people, like, 
it see it starts to kind of power up at one point during this and then it goes down when she's like cooperating but when everyone starts panicking it powers up and it's just arc 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 and people are just dropping one after the other and did you find it disturbing when hands would go up in the air from dead people and then get just whip them away just pull them off of the floor like they're clearing the uh, the ice yeah, at a hockey because, game. <laughs> like, so, yeah, uh, because they're just surrounded by just this like pitch black that you feel like you could almost cut with a knife. Uh, and the way that they just get dragged off a uh, screen into the darkness, it could come across as funny if they hadn't just made it. It's it's fucking creepy the way that they just get dragged off. So. So so bizarrely, did and you by know, their oh sorry, no go ahead. Uh, did they just get dragged off by their hand? It's it, it was really creepy to me. Yeah, did you notice though that as the movie goes on, the people get desensitized to it? They don't even show it, but after it happens, they'll continue their conversation, and you hear the sound effect of the body being dragged off in the background. There's there's one really cool shot too where they're arguing towards the like second half of the movie, and you see one of the bodies. Uh, get dragged off at the left side of the screen by their hand uh, into the darkness. And to your point, they just like don't react to it. And I was like, fuck, that's creepy. Yeah. Like as the movie goes on, they get more and more desensitized to what is happening. And, but at first, like in the first half of the movie, uh, the first act, really people are really upset by everything that's going on. And by the third act, they're not even noticing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh yeah, it's something else, man. Um, so, like you said, we have a Spider-Man villain trying to calm everyone down. And I don't remember, does it? Does he get killed seemingly by random? Is that what happened to him? Uh, I believe, okay, so they they figure out that by opening and then closing their hands after they have moved across the kind of board in front of them in a specific way and then selected somebody, they eventually in the next like 10 minutes or so figure out they're voting. And I think what happened with him was he was accidentally voted for and killed. That's why I was saying seemingly is that's what I think. Yeah. Happened too. Um, I like when they figure out how it works, by the way, people are dying about what every two minutes they say yeah, in the so movie exactly two minutes i i did never check it to see if i because it'd be really cool if the movie was like so like uh specific in its timing that it like literally happened in two minutes that would be right. fucking cool but i don't know if that's even really possible to do i don't it's, i don't think they did that but it certainly feels like it whenever yeah. they do but they they find out that something has been done to their hand they have like this white ring that sometimes lights up and if they hold out their hand and twist their hand one way, one of the arrows is on the floor that only they can see this is lit up white and they can direct it to point at whoever they want to and they can move left or right. But when they close their hand, it locks in their vote. But I love the moment when the guy is looking at his, it's got the white arrow and he's leaning left and right and they show you from his perspective that it's not like a thing that's just in his brain. From his perspective is how he can tell where the cursor is, and from no one else's perspective can see who he is voting for. Yeah, it's 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 like a telepathic game show. Yeah, like there it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because as he leans out, it slowly starts fading into red, 
And when he leans back into center, it, as he goes more and more center, it, le- it le- um, changes more and more to white. So it's even like an optical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, once the characters have figured out that they can have direct control over who lives and who dies with their votes, um, it goes from being a horror movie to a thriller based on social commentary. And, and the <laughs> the first character who is kind of because this movie goes through a series of people who are kind of spearheading specific like cliques within the the fifty people, uh, and like different mindsets. The first person I believe is he like the college kid. It's probably his name in the in the credits because that uh, not like ninety nine percent of the characters are not given names. And they're referring to as stuff like the young girl, the oldest man, uh, et cetera. Oh, yeah, the college guy. Yeah. yeah. The college guy is the first person spearheading the voting. And his first uh, kind of method that he suggested, the group that people go along with, is let's call off the senior citizens first. Yeah. Anyone, was it 70 or 80 and above? Yes. Um, and the the level to which everyone just so casually goes along with that mindset was pretty disturbing to me because like it makes sense in that kind of like do or die situation to go about it that way first, but it doesn't make it any, any less brutal when you just start seeing the senior citizens go out one by one. Cause they, they literally just start with one person and they said, we're going to start with you. And then the next selections every two minutes, we're just going to go around clockwise. And it, it's just so matter of factly the way they go about it. Yeah, and everyone just kind of is just okay with this kind of from the get-go, except for the senior citizens who are like, well, no, wait, I've got just as much right to live as anyone else. And I want to go ahead real, real fast and throw something out there. There is a story reason we're going to come to in a little bit for why the characters don't have names, because everybody pretty much agrees to not have names. So literally, people's names are credited as the pregnant girl, the college guy, the lesbian, the Hispanic man, the Asian girl. And this is in the IMDb credits. This, this is, is like a, this IMDb is credits. Yeah, this is officially uh, basically like the way it was scripted. Yeah, this is the way it was in the movie, even. Like, it's... um. You know, the rich man. So if we say something that sounds like it's out of left field, like, well, then the lesbian says, we're, we're, it's because that is actually the way these people um, are credited. And I want to throw that out there for people that are um, listening that have met and have not maybe watched the movie yet, um, which go watch the movie. Don't listen to us yet. Um, yeah, I just want to throw that out there so you know that we're not just like being crazy or offensive yeah these are not terms that ron or i would ever go out of our way to like designate for you know just for the fuck of it it is specifically because of the the script and plays into its themes of they're they're kind of examining everyone's faults not just a a specific you know like a political group or you know you know certain you know demographic they're no holds barred they they're looking at this type of situation and uh, going to the very edge of the earth as far as examining what people would do in the situation. And it's, it's very effective. Like just real quickly, like this movie's pacing is fucking nuts. Like, cause at the beginning, it not feels really, like it's 10 minutes uh, long. The, the, so the first like 20 minutes or so of the film, you're just kind of like in what the fuck mode. And then for the last hour of the movie, it is just 
no holds barred, just you're on the edge of your seat, just like trying to figure out like who's going to go next. You know, what possible outcome could there be to this movie? Well, I was thinking and... about it today. And one thing that I noticed is also both times I watched it, I'm pretty sure I said I watched it a while back the one time, but I'm pretty sure that my own reaction to what is happening in the movie is kind of matching the characters, right? So when they're in panic mode trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and how the system works and the voting works and how all of this works, I'm kind of panicking along with them. And then by the time they kind of get desensitized to someone dying, I mean, drug off, I'm like, yeah, okay, body's gone. Now keep talking. What? Like, I'm desensitized as well at that point. And they kind of train you to be, to react almost as if you're in the same room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because the movie, uh, based off of the movie's inspiration of 12 Angry Men, it turns from being this sci-fi horror uh, movie to uh, almost like a courtroom drama for like, you know a, a good hour of the movie. They're they're digging into people's past. Uh, they're a lot of it ends up being on uh, your you know personal beliefs, your history as far as you know are you a criminal? And they just go after each other in really brutally uh, brutal ways, like the cop. <laughs> oh fuck, dude! Like. <laughs> Never have I flipped faster on a character in a in a movie. <laughs> yeah, so the co- so the cop realizes he recognizes one of the other people in the room as a former uh, criminal who he arrested for beating up his a- girlfriend. And again, hilarious level of stereotypes, but it works because you don't get long enough with these characters to go into their background, to go into their past, to develop any kind of recognition with them. So, you know, they are dressed and act like full-blown stereotypes and archetypes of characters from every other movie you've ever seen. And mm-hmm. the guy that he recognizes, um, which I forgot how he's credited as, he's they, one they of them. They refer to him as the, t- the tattooed man. The tattooed man, yes. Cesar Garcia, I feel like, is a guy that I have seen in everything, probably playing that same role. It was in Fast and Furious. Yeah, we, um, we should take a second to mention that because there's so many characters and because of the budget of the movie, pretty much everyone is an unknown. The only yes. the only person uh, who is uh, somewhat known at all is Julie Benz, who plays the wife. Okay. Uh, uh, she is fr- uh, she was the wife in Dexter, and I believe she was in Buffy. So she she's so she's um, still the wife. <laughs> yeah. In other things. They, uh, she, she was the only person that I knew for sure because a few of them are character actors that we've seen probably in something at some point, uh, but no one is a is an A list actor because they that's not the point of the movie. The, the point of the movie is you know just yeah you, they, into their psyches on the surface. Again, these are hilarious stereotypes, but when you stop and think about it, there's no other way that you can identify these characters with how long you have with them. Um, so. Yeah, he um is very very much stereotypical gang member the way he's dressed, the way he's tattooed, even has the teardrop um which they explain. Yeah. But yeah, the cop recognizes him and immediately flips the room on this guy. <laughs> yeah, the man, they turn people against each other. 
just to like the matter of seconds like i i love the the ominous ominous like um counting down yes that the that the whatever inside the room is like letting them know hey you got like 10 seconds left and then five seconds and you got two seconds left before this vote's gonna count and then they get people to flip on each other in a matter of seconds, dude, and they're just gone. You're like, fuck, man. <laughs> uh, but so so uh, just to kind of give like a quick kind of rundown of like what character archetypes we're talking about. Uh, there's a soldier. There is a cop. There is a, a husband and wife that look like they, they're pulled strictly from a Dockers commercial. Uh, <laughs> there's a pregnant girl. There is probably about like a 10 or 11 year old little girl. There it's just like all these types of of character archetypes uh they end up really fleshing out to the extent that the movie can about probably what do you say like 20 of them cuz yeah a good a good like 5 to 10 of them are just killed in the first 5 minutes of the movie as they're just going nuts and accidentally voting and killing other people but and it's not a waste and it's, it's not a waste and it's not shock value either every death in here has a purpose the ones that seem that are just running around the room you didn't know what would happen yet. You just had an ominous buzz when she tried to step off the spot. When everyone yeah. wakes up and starts running around the room, and you just see them all get massacred instantly for it, for simply moving off their place in the floor, like that death has a purpose. You know, like every death in this has a freaking purpose, and it's insane. Uh, one of the deaths that, like, <laughs> I, I felt so bad for almost chuckling at <laughs> is. As they're uh, about to start their rounds of voting after the senior citizens have all been killed, they're trying to figure out, hey, maybe we can try to work together to figure out a way out of this instead of just, you know, doing weakest link and one by one killing everyone off. <laughs> you are the weakest link. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is they're like, maybe we should take a second to go around the room and introduce each other. And this poor lady <laughs> who's... <laughs> She takes like a solid like what like minute of the runtime just to kind of like do what you do, you know, just kind of like. It's see like she she's. Name. It's like the first day of class at college when the professor yes. wants you to go around and stand up and introduce yourself. Exactly. She you know she's talking about you know like oh I have I have a cat you know I'm a <laughs> I, I forget I forget what uh, you know she's like you know I'm single like no kids you know I, I forget what her profession was. And they start panning around the room and just like people doing that same scenario in like, you know, like a, a college introduction moment, they start to tune out and she finishes her little like middle long intro of herself, like just super nice and polite and the whole fucking room votes to kill her dude. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm so sad for like kind of chuckling at that because I could, that's such a human moment. Yeah. Because it's such <laughs> it's, a human what moment happen. because... You would think, like, adding a name to this person and introducing uh, her to the group would make it, like, more difficult for them to kill her, but, like, it removes, like, the anonymity from the situation at the point, and they start to realize, oh, uh, you know, she's, you know, some of the back of their mind, they don't say it specifically, but they're like, no, she's single, she doesn't have any kids, you know, she's just kind of annoying, so they just fucking kill her, dude. Just Right. Yeah. Um. The The guy that goes next is the husband, right? And he says his name. It's and they're yes, like uh, uh, after yeah, they had agreed, you know, no names are better, and everyone's like, no, 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 we don't need to know your name, and he's like, oh, like right, sorry, yeah, and, yeah, and continues, and like at some point in the movie, I don't remember where we get there, but they're just like, 
Okay, so how many people here have kids? Like the people that don't have kids to go next since we're out of like senior citizens. And they're like, well, mm -hmm. hey, we want to have kids someday. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they start some of the links. And, and like real quickly, I just want to talk about how does the fucking cunty sweater vest guy last like a, for an hour of this? Because he would have been like literally the first person I voted to kill because he's such an asshole. Like a couple of the characters in this. How many just... times do you think the one-armed man voted him? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so many. Because he is until you get to the last couple of like more antagonistic characters. He's kind of like the driving force of like you were saying. You know, like how now these people don't exactly contribute to society. You know, these people don't have kids. Oh, he they... was very much the stereotypical right-wing. Like, full-on everything he could be. He was Betty White from uh, the Steve Martin, Queen Latifah, Bringing Down the House. Was that it? I haven't seen it, so I cannot say. Um, He was full-on, like, her. Like, he wanted to know what the pregnant lady's husband's name was and what he does for a living. He was judging her at first for, you know, like... Being a uh, single mom. Yeah, having the baby out of wedlock, and it's just like, dude, fuck you. Yeah, and I'm just saying some people contribute more to society than others. And what's, and what's really cool is that uh, there are audience stand-ins for people who aren't complete dipshits, and they're like, and like you know, like the one-armed man and... Uh, yeah, one of the uh, the the ladies who's the the translator for the the guy who can't speak English. Yeah, I, I believe like, she's the one that was testing the circle and reached out to touch a person right at the beginning. I believe so. Uh, yeah, uh, and then you have as soon as you're in the back of your mind thinking, "Dude, fuck off with that, you racist piece of shit." You'll have a character on screen like, "Dude, dude, fuck the you, the you one guy that couldn't speak English, he wanted to kill him just because he couldn't contribute to the conversation because he can't speak yeah. English." Yeah, he literally says that. He's like, he can't contribute. He's a, he's obviously the you know the next choice. He can't contribute. Like, dude, and, and, when you, <laughs> and when you end up finding out, like the sweater vest dude is talking. You know, like he's just like you know like God's gift to mankind, like contributing to society. You know, as like and a doctor or something. You know, like someone like literally saving lives. He ends up saying he's a fucking banker. He's he, a loan officer. He lends and, and money out to people so they can live their dreams, Jeff. Yeah. He contributes to society. And, like, the fact that he isn't the first fucking person voted out, I was like, bruh. I love when he was like, I donate heavy to charities. That's easy to do when you're making six figures. Yeah. <laughs> like, some of the quips, some of the one-line quips in this movie are amazing. I, yeah, I love, uh, so uh, there's one moment, uh, towards the middle of the movie where they try to get someone else to do their, their, I think Beth was the lady who did her introduction and then gets immediately killed. <laughs> they try to, they try to get someone else to kind of like go next, introduce themselves. He's like, man, fuck no. You see what happened to her and she didn't even say anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's yeah. a, there's one lady too that literally yells, no, I didn't say anything wrong. Like when it's a tie and mm -hmm. it, I believe it was on a tie and it's her. And she said, but I didn't say anything wrong. It's like, is that what this is coming to? Yeah. Oh, uh, one brutal moment too is uh, after they have gone through the senior citizens, uh, they pick out the who is referred to in the, the the IMDb and the official script as the 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 cancer lady, right? Yes, I believe that is what they call her, cancer survivor. So can yeah. Uh, th so there is this somewhat uh, elderly looking woman who they fucking turn on 
because she says she's 52 and they're so cruel in the fact that like no you're clearly 70 and she has to tell them it's like no i was in chemotherapy and they're and then what, they shouldn't you be like bold <laughs> and, yeah and then and yeah. then they use the fact that she was a cancer survivor one of them says well she's got worse of a chance at living in the long run than us so clearly she's the next go and you're just like jesus dude like yeah um I love when that one guy was like, how do you know, lady? Are you a doctor? As a matter of fact, I am. Yeah, I am, <laughs> right. asshole. I am, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I liked her. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Uh, they do a good job of... Balancing the characters uh, Balancing, out. Uh, like, uh, you know, like, good-mannered people who are not out to just save themselves uh, with people who are uh, assholes that do exist in real life, like the uh, the, the lawyer the yes that dude is such uh a, like a stereotype but you know he fucking exists in the world he's just this asshole corner office guy who takes every moment to just start instigating other people as as votees uh like at one point uh they they figure out that uh one of the members who we talked about earlier is a lesbian and he literally tries to instigate a vote against her because her, her and her wife have a daughter and in his mind they don't have a you know like traditional family setup going so he tries to get her fucking killed for that like he tries he to like, point out like she's he literally says she's living in sin yeah and is that a good environment to raise a daughter in with two women having sex all over the house is literally a line he has in the movie mm-hmm. yeah fuck him and the people I wanted to die the most. He's the one. The, the he's lawyer the, in the sweater vest guy. I know. Me too. And they both lasted a lot longer than I wanted them to. But mm-hmm. he's the guy when sweater vest wanted to take out the guy because he couldn't contribute to the conversation. He can't speak English. The red suspended lawyer guy is the one that was asked if he was here legally. Remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah. That was, they, the, they was have... the first time you hear him talk. I want to say he says... Like, is he even here legally? Like, does he have his green card? He's probably just hanging out in front of Home Depot with, like, 15 other of his friends. And is it the one-armed man that says, like, dude, he's working his... If he if that's true, then he's working his ass off for barely minimum wage. And the sweater vest guy goes, yeah, taking American, American jobs. Job. Yeah. <laughs> what? Fuck you guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um... <laughs> And I would call all of this fucking ham-fisted horse shit if I didn't see these same fucking things being said by people not trolling on Twitter. And the fact that these fucking assholes exist in real life just makes me so sad, Ron. I know. I know. Me too. It makes me it makes me so sad. And it's like I I like that this movie exists and I I think it's a really like it's a really effective movie at, at its theme and everything that it tries to set up to do but like man just the fact that these people exist makes me sad inside um, um so okay so one thing that pops up that's important to note is at some point they have a tie in votes uh they have what happens in this instance uh a, like these weird gold shimmery beams of light beam down on the people it, who it looks have... like something out of the character select screen of a video game <laughs> yeah like you're picking like uh chun li like a yeah. fighter menu yeah yeah it has so there's like these weird beams of like gold shimmery light that that beam down on the characters that are stuck in a tie currently 
and it seems like they have like a quicker turnaround time on how they have to like uh vote again to break the tie um i believe and they uh realize that if nobody votes then both the characters are killed yes so 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 every time there's a tie it's a big deal because they then have to kind of like re-roll like who their their votes are to make sure that both of them don't die uh, get used to the roller coaster that is the tie <laughs> yeah yeah they and like uh, the earlier on, we talked about how like we were really impressed with the cinematography. I like the fake outs they do. Yes, because there are a lot of instances where they zoom in on a character because most of the movie has set you up to get ready for the character who is being zoomed in on. Someone shown in the frame is the one getting zapped, but that ends up not being the case. As they do fake outs with the camera, where now, you you, one see, thing, you hear people get zapped, but they're off screen. Right. And one thing that I um. I'm probably getting a little bit ahead of us on this, but I really applaud this movie for not dangling the little girl and the pregnant woman and over pregnant. your head the entire fucking movie. Yes, uh, because they, they also made a point of uh, the staging of the movie as far as which characters are stationed where is really important because the little girl and the pregnant woman are standing next to each other. Their dots are next to each other in, in the, the kind of like game show set. Mm-hmm. and that's and, super important because that's you know like everyone watched the movie uh they they pointed out fairly quickly but like as soon as you see it immediately that's where your mind goes the uh the husband and wife are next to each other yes and uh how we mentioned how they they talk about uh his name uh how he's really quickly in his introduction he says hi my name's craig and then they're like no names we, we remember we're gonna keep it anonymous he says oh yeah i'm sorry that fucking comes into play later because they eventually figure <laughs> out that they fucking set that up as a ruse. Yep. And uh, did you buy it? Did you I buy into it. it? I bought it. I bought it too. I bought it too yeah. the first time I watched it. When I, I was watching it this time, it. and when I watched it this time, and they said they were husband and wife, I was like, oh, I think I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember buying into it. And the way that they catch them in the lie is fucking awesome. Right. Because because they, they I, I forget what kind of clues them in to, oh, oh, I think it's when they start realizing the lie. That's really coincidental that you guys are husband and wife and you're standing right next to each other. Like everyone so start, else that knew each other kind of were like across the room from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they have uh, uh, the doctor and one of the other guys in the room uh they were having an affair they're across the room from each other <laughs> no the, the when, they, when they said that they knew each other or whatever and it's like yeah she's like a neighbor down the road and it's like okay but what makes that significant and they're like nothing and then the one guy was like oh affair got it <laughs> <laughs> yeah because they have they say conflict they, i think one of them says like oh they're a co-worker and the other one's like they're their neighbor because and then because they they uh, contradicted each other they're like oh yeah affair affair got it yeah <laughs> it was one it. of the third characters in the room that made me so also moments of levity <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> Screenwriting 101. If your movie is going to be as fucking brutally heavy as this one is, you need to have a, like, a few moments of laughter, or I'm going to like just be exhausted. Even after if it. it's awkward laughter, that's okay. Something yeah, to something, relieve the tension. Yeah, because the tension in this movie is fucking from like the the minute they figure out that the voting exists to the very end of the movie, you're on the edge of your seat. Uh, if if you're kind of getting invested in the the movie uh, structure at all. 
and uh, oh uh so it's back to the husband and wife so when they start grilling them after they find it really coincidental that they were standing next to each other the way that they catch her in the lie is they ask them a, a series of kind of like basic questions you know, like well, what's your husband's birthday what's your daughter's name etc cetera, etc cetera. What, what um what college did your wife go to mm-hmm. stuff that you could easily fake and yeah. then i'm 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 i'm, I'm going to say this but then the lesbian turns to them <laughs> and i'm going to say it that way so you know that's not just coming out of my mouth yeah. like i'm going to say it like i'm reading it every time um yeah, mercy malik is an all in, is an all inclusive podcast and we would not be <laughs> saying these terms derogatory in any way if it wasn't literally on the imdb page so please please um, but yes um she turns to them with I don't know how to describe her facial expression. It's fucking great because she knows she has them by the balls when she thinks of it. Yep. And she just, the look on her face when she says, what's your husband's name? And they both freeze in their tracks. (laughs) I had fucking forgotten it too, dude. I was like, oh shit. (laughs) They both freeze in their tracks and everyone in the room goes silent and turns to Even the people that were defending them all turn to them and like, what is your husband's name? And then, you know, she's like, because he said it when all of this started. <laughs> and I'm like, he did. What is his name? Because I don't know it. <laughs> I was so curious what it was. I literally rewinded through the movie to get to that scene just to figure out that it was Craig because it was driving me crazy what his actual name was that he said. <laughs> but, yeah. So there was a reason behind the, even the names and that no names. Because the rationale for no names made sense. Like, it makes it easier to off these people if you don't have a name associated with them that you're going to remember the rest of your life. Yep. You know, like as sad or fucked up as that seems, it's different when you assign a name to a person. So mm-hmm. that made sense. You don't even question it. And then you get to this part of the movie and you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'd be very curious to. Of course, it's Craig, you... by the way. Of course. Craig. Um, uh, I'd be curious just to know how many rewrites this movie went under to because it just it like had that, to that. have been written on location on set. Like it had to have been. <laughs> yeah, but they do have a lot of clever little tidbits like that 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 play really importantly later on in the movie that you know are so like well hidden in plain sight like that that name thing. That, like, and there's so would... much shit going on. What the fuck do you care what their names are? Like, yeah. there's a lot to unpack that's happening in front of you. Yep. Okay, uh, so we need to get into what ends up being the most important separation of of thinking within the group that leads off into these kind of, like, uh, splintered factions within the group. Uh, it kind of ends up being, like, a 50-50 split towards the end. Now, is of- this is this where um, Lebowski starts becoming a villain type in the movie? The, the bearded guy? Yeah. Yes. So all I could think of was Lebowski. (laughs) (laughs) I knew exactly who you were talking about. (laughs) He's uh, he's got long blonde hair and a big beard. So yeah, I I don't blame you. So what ends up being the driving force behind this, this kind of like split between the room is you have half of the room who immediately are like the, the, Oh, okay. So I need to set this up. So they, they, they figure out near the same time that they can't have a tie that they can't vote for themselves. They, fig- super- they they test the tie, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the doctor they- and the man she's having an affair with decide to off themselves to the benefit of the group. They vote them into a tie. 
and then nobody votes and they both get off simultaneously yeah uh, and then they also figure out that you can vote for yourself so what they, they end up uh figuring out towards the end is that because of the way that works you know like only only one person can live if one person sacrifices themselves and lets the other person go right so there are about half the people in the room uh the one arm man uh Which, the, the can i something just occurred to me after listening to you say it out loud think about how insidious it is that you can't just volunteer by voting yourself you have to commit the act physically by stepping off of the pad mm -hmm. think about that yeah. you don't have the power to vote Bro. for yourself you have to actually commit to it physically on your own you can't just say yeah do it and then shut your eyes and it's over with no. and let let whatever is happening the powers that be do it you have to do it yourself yeah you have to take the plunge uh one really uh uh brutal sequence is the the little girl and the guy who can't speak english end up in a tie oh. and and the the guy who can't speak english uh he's he's just like because he can't understand what they're saying but he gets the gist of what's happening because they have the gold shimmery lights over them yes so he just has this like he just has this look at of just pure disgust that they were trying to off this little girl and people could actually vote to kill this like 11 year old girl. And he just has this look of disgust and he just steps off the pad to braid a tie and let the little girl live. And it's just like, oh man. Um, because some of the people in the room, about half roughly towards this part of the movie say, obviously one of the people that need to live is either the little girl because she's a 10 year old little girl or the pregnant woman because she's pregnant. And the other half of the room is like the assholes of the bunch are like, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to make it completely equal. You know, everyone wants to live, obviously. So everyone. We don't equal. even know what kind of child she's going to have. The kid could be a brat. Yeah. That is one of the lines echoed in the background. That's from the sweater vest guy, right? I'm pretty sure. I, I think it's either him or the lawyer. The I, think it's a, I want to say it's a sweater vest guy. Cause like, or it might've been was, both of them. Might've been half. Yeah, as long as they, I don't they know. Were, they buddy up a lot on their yes, their racism and their the their banker and the lawyer. What? <clears throat> right. Also, is this? It just occurred to me too. Does the credits to this movie seem like the world's longest walked into a bar joke? The pregnant <laughs> girl and Beth and the young girl and the oldest man and the tattooed man and the lawyer, the Hispanic man, all walk into a bar like and, just, and the lesbian all walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah, like it's. Yeah. <laughs> it just occurred to me this is the world's longest walked into a bar joke yep so uh they just start getting into these like hardcore discussions where they start trying to essentially once it breaks up into these final two kind of like splintered off factions they start trying to trade votes they're trying to like get people like hey you don't want to die right you know like fuck the you know like fuck the pregnant lady like you're like and it's just like fuck because i'm i'm in the camp where i the little girl or the pregnant woman should be one of the people to live because i'm not a fucking scumbag of a human being like right. i'm i'm so because you you wish that this argument wouldn't happen but just because of human nature and how horrible people can be to each other like i totally buy that some people in the room maybe not as many as what ends up happening but they have to have it to have a plot you, you want you want to think this is the one conversation that would never come up 
among but anyone, totally no would. matter how bad they are. And it's like half the room is having yeah. this conversation. Yeah, it's it's rough, uh, but I I totally buy it because I, I like I said I don't think as many people would be so casually trying to kill like the little girls like they they the poor little girl ends up being in like what five ties as they're trying to break this kind of like this argument you know yes. like it's 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 brutal. yeah she becomes uh, the target. Yep. Have we talked about volunteers yet? I don't think so. There's so they, they yeah go go ahead yeah there's this moment. In the movie, where is does the sweater vest guy the one that instigates volunteers but never volunteers himself? You would think the guy that comes up with the idea of volunteers would be the first volunteer. I don't think he's. I don't think he comes up with the volunteer. I think what starts the volunteers is the the teenage kid, and then he starts once someone is volunteered, then he starts instigating. And then he starts the room instigating. Asking, okay, who's yeah. next? Like you, yeah, and asshole. he starts asking for more volunteers. I I, I think it's the the teenage like sixteen year. I think they say he's a sixteen year old uh, uh, kid. <laughs> that they he's, get his name wrong. Oh man, <laughs> he's this. This, this poor 16-year-old boy, is, and he says, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll volunteer. And they're like, are you sure? And they're like, man, you're a fucking hero, kid. I'm going to name my, my next kid after you. And, they, and as soon as he's killed himself, they, they get his name wrong. And it's it's lawyer that does they, so. Yeah, like, they get his name wrong. And I don't remember his name myself, but the one-armed guy was like, his name was whatever, asshole. <laughs> like, he can yeah. at least get it right. <laughs> Dude, fuck the lawyer, man. Fuck him and fuck oh, the sweater. Oh, I know, but, but I hate I hate some people in this movie so much. But you're supposed to, so it's, it works so well. Um, but there's a moment where the, the next volunteer, I believe, is was she like a was she a Hispanic woman that her son was killed on a motor in a motorcycle crash like a year ago? Yep, and she um. She volunteers to off herself and like the timer starts beeping at a certain point. And the preacher guy, the was the he the deacon, deacon? The deacon, yeah. The Dark Souls boss. Um yep. you know, tells her that she's gonna see her son again and all this stuff. And then she steps off of the pad. Now I can see this next argument both ways. But the atheist, by the way, someone we haven't talked about yet, was one of my favorite characters just because he is such an asshole, <laughs> but sometimes for the yeah. right reasons and sometimes for the wrong reasons, but he always went about it wrong, <laughs> you know? Uh, he's, yeah. he's the guy with, like, the blonde curly hair up top and, like, a black leather jacket, and he's, he acts exactly the way you expect him to act with the way he's dressed. <laughs> The way he acts and the way he looks, he looks like he just got finished killing Bruce Wayne's parents in an alley. <laughs> yeah. See, I was thinking more like he just got finished stealing like some asshole's dog in his car. <laughs> like killing some asshole's dog in his car. Yeah. Like, and what pisses off the atheist is the deacon. Uh, in the seconds before the the uh, the the mother's uh, the you know who lost her her son the year before is about to you know commit suicide by walking off the pad. He's like uh, she's. Uh, wondering if she'll get to see her son again, and, and the deacon says, "You know, like, absolutely, you will." Yeah, you know, he's like, he's he's trying, he's genuine. Uh, I think in 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 that last it moment, it seems genuine in the moment. But again, this is one of the arguments I can see both sides of. Yeah, because instantly the atheist jumps on the guy's balls and like mocks what he said, and then yeah. like, oh, absolutely, oh, like, absolutely, and the translator she's credited as was, was like she's just trying to give her some peace in her last moments asshole <laughs> like 
And and it's like, no, he's trying to save his own skin. And it's like, well, I mean, it could be the way he is trying to vote for the little girl later. Um, yeah. But, you know. Uh, and then this, yeah, this this spearheads like a ten minute argument over religion within the room, um, yes. where they uh, they start going after each other as far as uh, as you know they 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 eventually turn around on the atheist dude just because of how much of an asshole he's been as far as like just his religious debates with them. And I said, there's moments where like we haven't even talked about the guy credited <coughs> as African American man because um, that was a whole thing. Um, when he is quote unquote from the lawyer playing the race card, um, there's a moment where the atheism atheist guy is like, you need to shut up with this racism stuff. Okay. Nobody gives a shit. And the black guy's like, I'm not talking to your stupid ass. And he's like, I'm trying to fucking help you, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like everything that the, the atheist is my favorite character. Cause I feel like even when he means, well, one of my favorite characters because even when he means well, he's going about everything in such the worst way he can that he even turns people against him. Then, like the, what what he do, what he does to get himself killed, essentially, is fucked up. <laughs> he's uh, so he's he's standing next to. Uh, oh this... my god, that poor woman. Yeah. So he so he realizes the room has turned against him, and he's about to be voted out. So this like eleventh hour, just fucking audible. He calls to try to make the room think this poor woman is uh, is a is a fucking porn star. Which what does it fucking matter? I, I know, and it gets so gross. He starts, he, man. He really, like, he literally makes her cry, and you're just like, fuck, dude. And then she accidentally lets something slip, where it's like she's having an affair with her boss or something, and he like lays into that. Yeah, he's just he's grasping for straws just to you know, and he just tears her apart, and then it kind of sets it up like you don't know if it's going to be him or her, and she's the one left standing. Yeah, they they have the camera focus on her, and you're you're thinking for a second, you know, it's going to be it's going to be her, but then they zap the atheist off screen. And even when you think stuff is obvious, by the way, in the back of your mind, because the way things are shot, the way these characters are. Even when you think something is obvious, you still have this like little ten percent of doubt about you might be wrong about what you think was the obvious move here. So it's yep. like I don't think they're going to kill her. There's no way. But a small part of me is like, will they? There's a lot of assholes in the room. <laughs> like, yep, yep. Uh, so the real kind of like climax of the movie happens uh, once the there's about eight people left, and you have half the people left. Go, you know, uh, trying to make it to where. Th so, the plan is for the people that are trying to save either the little girl or the pregnant woman are they're trying to basically end up being one of the people in their group left with the the pregnant woman and the little kid, and their their plan is to vote off one of them and then uh, sacrifice themselves because they, 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 don't, they obviously don't think that the, the little girl or the pregnant woman can like the bring way, themselves to kill the other. Yeah. The or, way I or, divided yeah. up this movie in my head, and I don't know if this is the way you see it. I don't know if this is the way the script reads it in my mind. Act one was this kind of claws and teeth just kind of going at each other. And then at some point it turns like it's like act two. Uh, like, how do we save them? Do we even try to save them? 
Act three, we're trying to save like one of them or trying to find a loophole to find to save both of them if we can something like and mm-hmm. it, it that's the way i kind of divide the movie because at some point there is a child and a pregnant woman there and then at some point in the movie it turns towards one of them should survive and then at one point it turns to no one of them is going to survive <laughs> like you know and they yeah. the characters are arguing over this that becomes the focus so yes, that's that kind can, of the, the way I divide the movie up into the three into three acts in my own head is by where how we are where we are in the movie is where we are in the conversation about which one of these two characters is going to live. Yep. Um and the, the the person who is doing everything he can to to get votes on his side to make it to where anyone can is is fair game and we're not just going to save the pregnant woman and the little girl just for the you know just for the fact that they're those types of people is is the bearded the bearded man ends up being the main antagonists until a part we'll get to later is yeah the dude uh, does not abide yeah um the uh so one of the craziest moments of the movie for me is when they have the the five-way tie yeah. <laughs> the, uh it's it's this like culmination point where they have a five-way tie in votes with the bearded man uh they i think it's is it the the wife uh the bearded man the cancer survivor the soldier and i cannot remember who else was in it oh, fuck, uh, we haven't are... talked about the soldier that's where i was going with the volunteer stuff yeah uh do you want to take a second to talk about the soldier so where I, well, the reason I brought up volunteers earlier was how rapidly the room turned on the soldier. Um, yeah, that's it, up. the soldier was one of the main guys trying to legit save one of these people. Like he realizes kind of what's happening. He wants to live. He's he's on the side of like, no, you're you know he's against the lawyer. He's against the sweater vest guy. He's against them. Like no, this is stupid. You can't. This is your own biases doing this. And then we get into volunteers and these people start offering themselves as volunteers. And at one point he looks around and the whole room is staring at him and he's wearing the like standard army, like camo, like jumpsuit thing. So it's obvious who and what he is. And I think it says U S Marines on the corner of it. And everyone's just staring at him. He's like, what? And then after it dawns on him, he's like, well, you think it should be me next? You think I should step forward and volunteer and nobody says a word you can hear a pin drop there's not even Mm -hmm. any music hardly in this movie jeff so it's just silence and then you start kind of hearing the countdown and then he's just like no he's like uh -uh." he's like i have an eight month old daughter he's like i've never met her he's like i was on my way to see my family he's like i just finished like what was it like two tours in Iraq or something or something. And he's like, I think he says, yeah, I think he said, uh, he had just spent two years in Afghanistan and he just got back home. And he just got back home. He's going to see his family. He's got an eight month old kid. He's never seen before. He's going to see his wife. He's like, no, he's like, he's like, I want to live. Da, 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 da. And everyone's just staring at him. And that's, they all voted him. Right. I think he ended up in a, I cannot remember, but he um, ended up in think- a tie. I don't think they vote for him in that moment, but just the simple fact that the like the room just goes so quiet and everyone's looking at him, uh, that made my heart sink because it's it just it's it sucks because he it was like, him and the one armed man for a while fighting for everyone. Yeah, 
One Arm Man, by the way, I don't know if I've already said it, is my favorite character in this thing. I think. Yeah, he he he's he seems to be like the person. He was like that, the first one to figure out that none of them was walking out of there except for one person early on, and accepted mm-hmm. that from like the yeah. get go. <clears throat> so uh, they end up in the four or five person tie. And it's uh, it, in a really crazy moment. The only person that ends up walking out of it is the bearded man, and you're just like shit because they just lost almost all the people that gave them the the uh, the majority to save either the the pregnant woman or the little girl. And yeah. I think at this I think at this point the one arm man has been killed. So yes. there's a character named Eric who is spearheading the uh, the kind of justification of we need to make sure either the little girl or the pregnant woman is, is the one to walk out of here alive <clears throat> and they end up in, in a, a really crazy kind of twist on the the votes is they start trading people they start like saying you know i'll give you this person if you give me that person we'll consider that a fair trade uh because they they end up <laughs> when when the bearded guy casually trades away sweater vest guy it's like my, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in the movie because the sweater vest guy just goes in immediate defense mode of like well you know he's trying to like just start trying to like he, as he does he tries to bullshit his way in, into being him and his survivors. seven children <laughs> yeah yeah that's like one it's like yeah i got 12 <laughs> so before we off the the sweater vest guy by the way because i think that's coming up right um yep remember um the dude that's credited as african-american man um the guy that was quote-unquote playing the race card one of the most painful moments in the movie for me is when he flips and sides with the sweater vest guy who was literally trying to kill him moments before in the movie because of like racial stereotypes like he's on welfare and all this other stuff when we don't even know that that is the case and is most likely probably not the case and there's a moment in the movie where this guy wants to live so bad he flips and sides with sweater vest and sweater vest like yes (laughs) it happens (laughs) i just like i was like oh god what the fuck man i hate that guy so much dude by the way like (laughs) that sweater vest guy is a great actor because Mm. oh i know he plays that slimy fucking character so perfectly i hated him so much but you know, in real life, he's probably just like the nicest dude. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely sure. It's kind of like a he kind of falls in the same category as uh, as Joffrey. Yeah. Like if I ever met that kid in real life, and he's like, "Hi," and like wanted to shake my hand, I'd probably just punch him. And there's nothing wrong with the guy. Oh no, he's like one of the most genuine human beings on the planet. Like he like literally yeah. runs a charity. And- yeah. Yeah, he's a great dude. But I just want to punch him because he played that him. role so well. Yeah, he owned it. He owned it so well. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't actually punch him. I wouldn't put that out there. But, <laughs> like, you, I mean, you know, every time I watch Batman Begins, I'm like, okay, Batman, you need to break your one rule right now. I've seen what this kid grows into. Yeah. <laughs> you could save so many people, Batman. <laughs> and a periscope. I'm yeah. sure that thing's not cheap. Yeah, it's it's man, it it gets it gets pretty heartbreaking when people just start casually going on the the team equality. Let's you know, like, dude, we need to you know that's too much responsibility for a little girl. So let's just fucking kill her. It's like, dude, fuck you. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, like I said earlier, like 
when this movie was over, I wanted to go take a fucking bath in Purell for like 45 minutes. <laughs> like that that moment on uh, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart when he just like turned and was just pumping Purell straight into his mouth. Yeah. 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 So the, uh, the character we mentioned, uh, his name was Eric. He starts to spearhead after the one man arm, uh, the the one man, uh, one arm man, I should say, <laughs> the one man army. Yeah, the one man army <laughs> goes up against the seven nation army. Uh, Kurt, we're gonna just start uh, calling him Kurt Connors. Okay, that works too. Yeah, so he turns into a lizard in the third act, <laughs> twist out of nowhere. Who's apparently impervious to lightning. Yep, yep. So it takes out the aliens in this just crazy <laughs> Twilight Zone twist in the third act. No, I don't even think uh, we've mentioned that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think we've mentioned that someone brought this might be aliens and how fast the room bought into it. Yeah, because like, what the fuck else could it be? Right. <laughs> like, oh, oh, and that ties in too with part of what they talk shit on the soldier because they're like, clearly you know what's going on because you're a soldier, you know, like, right. like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude. Yeah, that would number one rule as a soldier. Usually everything is need to know. <laughs> so no, yeah. he he would know his mission, and his mission was get home and see his fucking kid for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, this this movie, it's it's a thing. It's a fucking thing, dude. You, yeah, Jeff and I had a long conversation about. Like, I guess it wasn't that long. It probably took place over a long period of time through text message, but it was just like I don't know how to talk about this movie. The structure is fifty people in a room. So talking nonstop. Talking nonstop. It's like so you see how we're jumping around the movie. Like if you've watched this movie, you understand why we're at odds with how to begin talking about this thing. Yeah, because uh, it's just it's it's fucking rapid fire. You know, just yeah. rapid fire. So <clears throat> you know, like we're gonna talk about racism for five minutes. We're gonna talk about <laughs> you know homophobia for ten minutes, right. and it's just like all these like heavy themes. And it yeah. you, it, it feels like a, a it feel like when you finish the movie, it feels like you've survived a fucking boxing match. Like <laughs> shit. Okay. So when the way that uh, they start trading people is is kind of awesome because of the way that they use it against the bearded guy yes. like his, his the way he goes out is awesome so uh eric it, it comes down to about five or six of them and the eric guy who is ostensibly trying to save either the the little girl or the pregnant woman uh agrees to trade uh i think he agrees to the if silent uh, man? the beard yeah uh this the, okay but real quickly quick aside <laughs> I thought the silent man was one of the aliens. Was that your read? Really? On the movie? Because my read in the movie is I noticed pretty early on about halfway through that that guy wasn't talking or engaging with the voting at all. So what my initial like view on like what I thought the twist would be is the silent man was one of the aliens being a first-hand observer of the of the the game. I could see that being like maybe an initial script idea and that was scrubbed. But, yes, because I think it would cheapen the movie if that was because that, that that was just immediately where my brain went when he when he wasn't engaging at all. But now, what they end up saying is is that they he he just what they they he never talks at all, and they they realize Eric realizes he's never voted once. So they well uh, the they thing think, that happens before that is at one point Lebowski turns to him, he's like, "Huh, huh, you with me?" And the guy just gives him like this fuck off look and doesn't say anything, and he's just like, he's not reacting to anything. He's he like, never reacts to anything. Yeah, and he's like, "All right," he's like, "I'm gonna take that as a yes." Okay, he's with me, 
and was on, and that's where it's like the witcher like he made a mistake however long ago but he doesn't realize the mistake he's made until it's too late to go back and like reload his save <laughs> yeah. that's a thing yeah. in the witcher you know you find out three hours later that decision you made was bad yep so yeah he early on in the movie or earlier in the movie at least he's just like okay i'm gonna take that as a yes so he's with me and then now fast forward to here where he has made an assumption whereas eric has made an observation mm -hmm. and you and uses this opportunity to trade with him to use that assumption against him it's not so much using the guy against him you know he's the vehicle for what's happening but he's he knows that you know lebowski has made this this assumption and turns it on him mm -hmm. yeah and and uh they they realize they've done this kind of like trade uh and and uh lebowski thinks he's uh you know getting like a good trade in his favor and then uh eric has given the pregnant woman a look that kind of like signals no fuck that you know you know what to do type of look yes that's what i was and gonna say you know yeah. what to do and, and they she vote, catches they it vote, they vote for lebowski and lebowski notices what's gonna happen at like the last second and as soon as he gets that I was like yes because <laughs> <laughs> like he turns into a cunt dude like he he ends up being just as despicable as the sweater vest dude and the lawyer. Yes. Um they're, they're just so fucking selfish, dude. Like I know, it's so so crazy. And then um, you know, when the timer starts ticking again, uh the guy, the silent man, I think he's credited as, the guy that has never responded, never voted or anything. They talk about him for a minute and like how, you know, he noticed he hasn't done any of these things. And he's like, I think he just doesn't want to give them what they want. And like the guy's just staring into the orb. Yeah. And... What? Yeah. Yeah. The, his quote is uh, something along the lines of, uh, "He's not. Uh, you know, he just what doesn't want to give them anything at all. We've given them enough. I think that's. Yeah. Pretty close to his quote. And when the timer starts down again, she's like, "Well, what do we do now?" And he's like, "Well, like he knows what we have to do. He understands." And that's when the silent man like turns and looks at him. And it's like, I don't think that was his plan at all, bro. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I think now you're making assumptions because <laughs> yeah. he kind of whips his head to Eric and yeah then they, they vote him and the silent man goes down and I think this is one of the moments also where it kind of cuts in a way where you just see his feet get drug off like you don't see anything else yeah that, that uh, the way that they frame some of the people getting dragged off I found legitimately unnerving you're gonna have to talk about this next part. <laughs> I I don't know that I can. Okay, real quick, I actually need to pause for a second to go to the bathroom because if we're gonna get into this, I want to be able to not just want the conversation immediately because I need to go pee. So I'll be right back. Oh, you know, pausing my recording. All right. Look, monkey? Why? Tell me. I got something.
feel about the Mac? I almost asked you to watch this one. Oh God, it's it's a thing. Only a thing. Make a list of movies. Oh. So. I can use the show to get him to watch Skyscraper. <laughs> Not using enough podcasts. Okay, I'm back. Okie doke. Okay, I'm starting my recording back up. We are approaching uh, the hour and a half mark. Yep, yep. I think we'll be wrapping it up in probably like 15 minutes or so. That's kind of what I was thinking. No, we're, we're basically at the end of the movie now. Yep. All right. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the way the movie ends. Holy fuck. Did you see this coming before we get into it? Did you see this coming at all? Had you been fooled? I, I saw it coming like 20 seconds before it happens. And I was at first because I was like, oh, no, is this going to go the Because the movie is so dark. Yes. And so heavy that and and the, the directors and writers just could not give less of a fuck about how brutal the movie is. I was like, oh, this is going to end dark. So the last people alive are Eric, the little girl, and the pregnant woman. And you think you're going to have this kind of, like, potentially, it's obviously going to be bittersweet because only one of them can walk out. But it's at least to an extent a happy ending to the best of the circumstances that were presented, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, Eric is talking to them. He's kind of, like, walking them through. You know, he's he's like... uh they uh, they end up deciding they're going to let the pregnant woman live. And it's decided by the little girl. The little girl says, like, you know, like, I'll go. I think that's what she says. Yeah. Because she looks over at the, you know, like the pregnant belly of the, of the, the woman and, and, you know, the little girl. And Eric is, you know, kind of like talking him through like the game plan about how this is going to work. You know, like, uh, you know, he's going to like, uh, uh, what what is his uh, situation that he sets up to where in order for the pregnant woman to be the, the one uh, that is left alive, both Eric and the little girl have to walk off their squares at the same time? I think is that what that's, it ends up saying? That's the loophole. They have to, if they step off simultaneously, it'll kill them both simultaneously and just leave the pregnant woman. 
Yes. Um, that, that no votes are cast or anything. They just step off. Yeah. But they have to do it together at the right moment. And they and like we talked about earlier, the 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 game show the it communicates with them when the vote's gonna happen because you hear this like sound effect like a take like it doesn't have like a literal it's countdown. It's not quite but... as stressful as the Sonic the Hedgehog drowning music. Pretty close though. <laughs> but especially in this moment, it's pretty close. And like you know, as it ticks down and time's running out, it goes faster and faster and faster. And yeah. Oh my god, dude. So, the, the, so, the editing in this movie, by the way, when as they're getting ready to take their steps off and time is counting down and Eric is yelling at the little girl, now I do it now, there's no time left. You see her pivot her body weight forward to the point of no return. And the second her foot starts to go towards the ground, you see Eric cast his vote to the pregnant lady. And the look on the little girl's face as she realizes what he's done as her foot touches outside the circle. And then you hear the two zaps, and it's just Eric standing. It's the haunting, pre- The pregnant lady is dead, and the little girl is dead. And he's just there by himself. And he has this moment where he's, like, celebrating it. Like, he doesn't even care about what just happened. Like, he's just like, yeah, all right. Ah, I did so, it. It's so sociopathic, dude. Dude, it, the guy figured out two loopholes and used them both to great effect. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love the moment he's sitting there, and it just keeps being quiet in the room, and nothing is happening. And he goes from like celebrating to, oh yeah, well fuck you, <laughs> to the to the black yeah. orb in the center of the room. Yep. And then the tie marker. Oh, Did you see the tie coming? He's no. the only person standing in the room, dude, and he lights up. So fucked up. And oh. the camera pans, and the other person he's caught in a tie with is the woman's belly. And you hear a heartbeat sound effect. And you hear a heartbeat sound Fuck. effect. This movie, dude. So there was 51 people in the room. Shit, dude. And that's kind of his reaction. He's just like, huh? All right. And because he's the baby, because it drives home the point also that the baby is totally defenseless. It can't cast a vote. And he just does it. He just casts a vote. He does it so nonchalantly, too, dude. Like, he's just kind of just has this look on his face, like, oh, of course. He's a fu- he's like they they had a fucking psychopath in the room the whole time because the whole movie he's it one rem- of the people spearheading the the effort to save either the girl or the the woman you know it reminded me so much of Topher Grace and Predators yeah when it, that. it has that serial killer turn because you could see him being there because he was a doctor then it turns out no he was there because he was a serial killer mm-hmm. um. It Is had that nonchalant th- coldness to it. Yes, even his character's demeanor seemed very similar to me to the way Topher Grace uh, acted. I didn't put any of this together until after when I was thinking about it. Um, the closest thing I could equate it to is the his behavior and the way he acts and everything is very much like that. And then he just turns on his heels. Um, yep. And he casts his vote, obviously, because he wakes up on the ground. And what I believe to be L.A. Yeah. And this is something I definitely didn't see coming. But 
because I didn't know what to expect once we got out. At this point, I've seen and heard so much that I just don't even know anymore at this point. And he gets up and he walks over. He finds like a group of people, a small group of people. And they're looking up in the air. And when the camera pans up, there's just all of these circular spaceships orbiting above LA and they're all circular and they all have the same triangular markings and they all have like this black ball hovering in the center of them. And it looks just like the room they were in, but floating above them. And there's many of them all over the place. And the thing that I don't understand is he then just kind of looks down at the people around him and then it goes to credits. What is that inferring going through the character's head? Like, are they all like him? Is that what he's thinking? These are all okay. people that have survived it and they're just as so, bad as he is? Or is he just so going to eat them? Like, what? <laughs> what is that signifying? So what's interesting to me is that what ostensibly ends up happening, and you don't know the, motiva- the motivations behind it as far as, like, why the aliens are doing this, but, like, what you end up having is a population on Earth that's going to be populated with psychopaths sociopaths or you're gonna have one-off scenarios occasionally where it's a genuinely like good person like one group you know happened to you know you let a kid go or you know like so you have like what probably like 75 percent sociopaths 25 percent you know like normal good people that deserve to make it out you know like in in our circle situation that we see you know like if the the little girl, you know, for instance, had made it out or the pregnant woman, you know. Can you imagine, could you imagine that probably infers if everybody's chosen at random that there were circles out there that had like six kids in them. Yeah. Or I don't know if you thought about this yet, but the entire time the pregnant woman, if they had gone through the planet, Eric wasn't a sociopath. In order for the pregnant woman to win the game, she would have had to cast a vote towards her unborn child. Because she ended up the, the baby ended up qualifying for a tie. Jesus. So so when they if if the plan had gone through the way Eric made it out like it was going to, where Eric and the little girl killed themselves and let it be up to the pregnant woman, that's the scenario she would have faced if that had been where they went. What do you and think happens? What do you think like, happens to the room? If they had killed her earlier in the movie like they wanted to. And yeah. then the body doesn't disappear. And like, you know, the infant, the unborn infant is just still in play. Yep. So the only real good outcome that could have happened from the circle that we see is for the little girl to have uh, been the one to make it out. Because... So even if the pregnant lady commits suicide... Um, the unborn child is still in play. Well, there's no scenario yeah. that you don't have to so, vote her twice. Yeah. Yeah. This, this movie's fucking... Yeah, like, I... When I, when I made that connection in my brain that, like, if, even if it was going to be a, a dark ending, even if, you know, Eric wasn't a fucking psychopath, like, bravo to the writers because this movie doesn't give a fuck it's it's ballsy it's it's so ballsy i i I respect the hell out of people who made this movie it was what's interesting too is like the the guy who plays eric is actually one of the producers 
and uh, actually was. Part I was going to ask you if made. any of these people were any of the directors or writers. Yeah, uh, Eric is one of the main producers. He uh, liked uh, the TV uh, web. Or it actually wasn't a TV show; it was a web series that the, the writer director combo did called The Vault. Uh, uh, that's is also based not in a sci-fi way, but it's also about a like uh, a game show, uh, like with with dark like undertones behind it, just yeah. like this, just not just without a sci-fi bin. So, yeah, um, I actually don't like the ending of them going away from the the circle. I don't think the I don't think the movie ever should have left the room. Well, my I, I wish the movie had ended after Eric had quote-unquote one have been the last one standing. It just go to credits and, it, and, and the screen goes black and then you hear the zap and then it's credits roll. No, I, I think the best way to, to have ended it to me is he's basically, like he thinks he's won and he's going to get to go, but he just starts calling out to the aliens, you know, like, hey, like, I've won. Uh, you know, like, what? Like, when do I get to leave? And mm-hmm. he's just, nothing ever happens and he and you just realize he's stuck there until he eventually has to you know Play step again. off and die <laughs> or yeah. step off and die um i have a question I don't, I don't i don't like them going to the surface and seeing the alien chips but that's just me i i think just uh, that felt completely. to me like i was i was uh, that's the thing i've been thinking about the most since i watched it and the only thing i can come up with is that is the only way to explain not only how bizarre the situation, but like the technology in play? Um, I don't think you need to explain it, though. I don't I think, think you cool need to you... either. And I think it was much cooler when I didn't know that they were just in spaceships you know above what it LA. Feels like? you, know? you know what putting random spaceships in it feels like to me? It feels like a Cloverfield like spinoff movie. Like the God oh, Particle no, no. was. No, no, no! Like the best spinoff it should have been is they just show Aaron Eckhart show up in a fucking uh, army jeep and it's just battle LA too, and he just starts like <laughs> fucking up the uh, the aliens, dude. Yeah, that's a movie I'd watch. Uh, who's to say it's not the same timeline? True. Um, true. But yeah, no, uh, I have a question for you. In the reception category on the Wikipedia, okay, someone apparently is quoted as saying. While the film's attempt to address social problems are beautifully done, leaving a bit of uncertainty in the end would have made a stronger finale. What the fuck are they referring to? I'm not certain about anything that happened in this movie beginning to end. I think they're talking about leaving the ship and just confirming that they're, they were in alien ships the whole time. Because if they had just ended without ever leaving the room... But we still don't know why. We don't know how. We don't know when. We don't know anything about what happened except the, except the where that's all we know a spaceship yeah, in la I just, it, it's just they are confirming it as as aliens they are confirming it as like multiple circles i don't know i i personally think it's, they shouldn't have had the last scene but that's is, is it the aliens from um uh, percy i omicron 8 or whatever from futurama just playing a <laughs> game show yeah probably uh, or uh, yeah I, I don't know. I, I still, uh, I don't like them having that little epilogue moment of showing Eric back on earth, but I still really like the movie overall. And I, I thought the ending was that the, the ending twist was pretty fucking awesome. Like it's, it's so dark and so ballsy that I couldn't help but like it. Yeah. It's it. To me, the ending I want to see is the one that I described where, you know, he has that, uh, of course moment. And then just the screen go black and you just hear that sound effect. And then credit scroll is where I think it should have ended. 
Yeah. Uh, just you a, don't know like, what happens. All you know is he won. You don't know what his prize is. You don't know if he gets to go home. You don't know anything. There's no aliens. I'm not against the idea of aliens, but or another another thing, uh, the another possibility that along the way through the movie that popped into my head that I thought would have been potentially pretty cool is that since they ostensibly get killed, but they're they're not killed viciously, like there's still a chance, you know, like you don't know what happened to them exactly, like they could have just been zapped into being unconscious, you know. Mm-hmm. It would have been kind of cool if everyone who got voted out all woke got up at live, the same time. They they all get they all get to live, and the person who dies is the last person standing. I thought that would have been kind of cool oh. because 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 the just because of the way that they show them getting zapped and not you know like I thought there was going to be a chance that this was a simulation, like they're all strapped into chairs with VR headsets or something. Yeah, and uh, I didn't know it or whatever. I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, I'm not against the idea of aliens in anything, but it just seems weird to leap to aliens and not explain anything. Um, I yeah, I, I would like, buy into a simulation more, and then like everyone knows who the asshole is. I just uh, I just and then Rip Torn had... comes out and admits like Eric into the Men in Black or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> no, that's a movie. Yeah, just a psychopath <laughs> like, in the Men in Black. Right. I'd watch that. <laughs> but yeah, but, um, yeah. That I I think um either having it happen completely ambiguously off screen, like you said, like where you don't know if he won and got to go home or if he got killed, you know, I know it was just a mind fuck or my idea of it being the last person standing is the one to die. Uh, my idea of like it being, yeah, you won, but you know, you just get to stand there until you eventually, you know, either from hunger or just out of like, you know that you're fucked. You just step off and kill yourself. And, you know, you no one ever had a chance of getting out. What happens I, if someone I, dies of natural causes in the room, you think? I don't know. Because, <clears throat> I mean, if the child is unborn, and this is really fucked up, okay, but how does it change if the child is unborn, right, but its vote still kind of count? Well, Okay, you have the loophole in of the tie. I got you. I've answered my own question. So, because my thing was like, it takes like what four five minutes to suffocate to death, and that's essentially what's happening to the child. But they kill someone every two minutes. Like they say, that strangling someone is always first degree murder because you have like four or five minutes to to release them to not go through with it, and. If the child is unborn, it's not breathing on its own. If the mom's not breathing, the child's not breathing. So he can't just like wait it out and never have voted because the child will survive more than two minutes because it'll be two minutes before it comes back around and does the tie and then kills them both. Mm-hmm. So like if he's going to survive that moment, he has to vote. Yeah, I, I think ultimately like the movie tries to have its cake and eat it uh, too yeah. by by having it be an ambiguous thing while also confirming that it was aliens, it should have been one or the other. They should have confirmed it and then explained it more or not explained anything. And you just never leave the circle room. And, uh, but by kind of like hedging their beds, I think they made the ending weaker, but this, the, the twist is what nails the ending really is, is just that Eric, he's a fucking psychopath. And that was, that was pretty cool. But yeah, um, it's kind of cool. This is a movie that like, I feel like, would be a pick of mine 
So watch, <laughs> watching the movie, I was like, this does not feel like a Ron movie, uh, just because it's a, such a, such a bizarre little Twilight Zoney type of. Well, I mean, that... I love Twilight Zone, and it does feel yeah. very Twilight Zone. So. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like I said, it's not one that I intended to watch per se. I was just looking for something I didn't know with people I didn't know in it to put on kind of in the background. <clears> and <throat> that's how I started. And, and the thing I ended up turning off was whatever game I was playing. Because yep. it just sucked me in. You know, we're criticizing the ending, but in my opinion, it's still compared to everything else in the movie, it's kind of a nitpick almost. Uh, because the rest of the movie is just so well done. There is nowhere, Jeff, no way that this movie on paper should ever have gotten made. <laughs> like this movie, yeah. you can't explain this movie. You know, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I brought it up to you for a while after I watched it. So I'm like, Jeff, you need to watch it. You need to watch it. But I can't say anything to you to get you to watch it because if I, I can't say anything without spoiling it, and I can't say anything that just makes it sound dumb. Like, there's nothing yeah. I can say to explain this yeah. movie to you other than you will like it. And anyone that has ever recommended you anything in your life ends their pitch with you will like it. So, like, <laughs> what? I don't know how yeah, to get I, you to watch this movie. I, I'm happy you stumbled upon it and, and put it on the show because it is something that is up my alley. I, uh, I That's why I, I open up the show with, like, I, I figured it had to be some type of, like, happy accident that you stumbled upon it because it is... You, you know, like, typically the obscure, somewhat horror thriller that's Twilight Zoney are the movies that, that Jeff would pick and not the wrong ones. So that's why I was... It had, I, I was it had to have been, like, half the thumbnail was the reason that I <laughs> that I turned it on, right? Because I know nothing about this movie, and that was kind of the goal. I know, I think Netflix has it listed as, like, science fiction or whatever. I'm into science fiction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just kind of, yeah. It was just like, I'm going to turn yeah. something on. I don't want it to be like Lord of the Rings. I'm going to put down whatever I'm doing to watch Lord of the Rings. I need, yeah. I, I needed something I wasn't that familiar with, didn't care too much just about. Just background noise. Yeah. 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 And it's, it, it is, you know, it's background noise. It is, it's, it's tackling, you know, homophobic and racism and all these fun <laughs> topics. And yeah. You, yeah, know, you know, background noise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, all, all that. That's yeah. my ASMR you know, when I go to sleep every night. <laughs> you, you know, you know, uh, you know, child murder, you know, you yeah. know. Why you just yeah, but you just uh, you know you snooze too as you're about to go, you know. I still sleep that little girl. I still see her face in my mind when she realizes what Eric's done. It's 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 brutal. It's heartbreaking. It's haunting. It's it's like uh, fuck. But I am so happy that you liked it. I think that's a weird thing to say considering what this movie is, but. I am I am glad that I watched it. Never I watch still it again. To take it, I will never watch it again, and I still think I might need to take a shower before I go to bed tonight. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, and you never you shower. That's strange. That's a that's, that's a true. real yeah. that's a real sign of how this movie affected yeah, I, me. I, yeah, I think the last time I showered like this before that whole COVID thing was a thing. You know, like you never know. <laughs> I haven't but, uh, showered yeah. since March. <laughs> 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 Did you find any additional? So the only tidbit behind the scenes stuff that I found that I thought was cool that that Eric was a producer, he kind of uh, was a focal point on how the movie got made because he stumbled upon their web series, The Vault, and yeah. they they kind of had this this idea that he liked the pitch for and he helped to get made. I thought that was kind of cool. But did you find any other tidbits uh, in the behind the scenes and production that you wanted to share before we none that we none show? that we haven't already talked about. Um, 
I'm just sitting here with the image of the spaceships hovering above LA in my mind while looking at the words, the script was inspired by 12 Angry Men. Because <laughs> <laughs> if there's anything that 12 Angry Men is known for, it's child murder. 12 Angry Men <laughs> screams Independence Day to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you want Independence Day with a psychopath? Because I do. Here's here's well, Circle. It had starring, Randy Quaid. Here's here's Circle starring Tom Hanks and Emma Watson. <laughs> America's Dad and Harmony. Yep. Harmony. So if you enjoyed this episode, uh, you know, please be sure to share it out, share it out to your friends. Um, if you have any uh, questions for uh, Ron and myself that you might like to have answered on the show, please email us at screenplayrewind.com. We would love at gmail.com. We would love to uh, read your emails. And uh, yeah, we don't have a website yet, but maybe someday. Maybe. Uh, who knows? Uh, so please reach out to us, uh, you know, through the email. If you have any questions or, you know, just overall thoughts, you know, let us know. Did you watch Circle and also want to shower yourself in Purell immediately? Because I know I do. And um, and uh, follow us on Twitter at SPR Filmcast for show updates. I love it. I love the Twitter handle so much. Uh, always remember the unfortunate backstory. <laughs> See yeah. episode zero. Um, so, yeah, and leave us a uh, leave us a uh, rating on iTunes and a comment. Um, you know, be honest in your ratings and your comments, but it is the easiest way that you can help us out. It will, it affects the way YouTube shows us to people. Yep. And YouTube Anchor and Spotify, all, <laughs> it, all things it affects the way iTunes shows us to people. I went, I jumped from iTunes to YouTube somehow. They're, they're the same thing when you squint your eyes, it's, it's fine. But yeah, uh, I'm impressed. We're actually back on a one episode special, so that's kind of cool. I like how it's like it a special event when we again. don't have a two parter. Yeah, it'll never happen again. <laughs> it'll never happen again. So you have a full two weeks to check out <clears throat> our next movie, and this was Ron. So my pick is going to be drumroll, the first entry in Screenplay Rewind that's not a horror movie at all. Coming out right before Christmas. Coming out right before Christmas. Yeah, shockingly, we're no longer doing horror for at least a brief moment of time. Logan Lucky is my pick for the next one. Oh, that's been on my list. You know, Ron and I both love our Twilight Zony horror movies, but another type of movie we both love are heist movies. I fucking love heist movies, and I love Logan Lucky. I've been wanting to get... uh, It's been on my short list of movies to make Ron sit through and like uh, finally get around to watching, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, that's been on my list for a while, and you you brought it up to me every time I talked to you for a couple of weeks, probably, and I, yep. I, just, I never got to it. So, yeah, I'm excited then. Yes. I, yeah, the perfect I, holiday movie. Yeah, Logan Lucky. Yeah, the <laughs> fucking heist movie. For the, Home for the Holidays with the heist movie. Uh, so you can find Logan Lucky. It is currently streaming if you have Amazon Prime Video. Uh, it's in both 4K and HD. Ooh. So I'm nice. excited to revisit it and uh, get to watch a little 4k on amazon so yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic movie i hope you like it ron and check back with us in two weeks as always thanks for listening bye dude i've never flipped so hard on a character like i did the cop because when he starts being racist and like stereotyping all the black people in the room. Oh and, yeah, we did. 
We didn't even get a chance to talk about how he uh, got killed because he just went on a fucking anti-modern um, socialistic uh, America rant. Yes, and, and the look on everyone's <clears throat> face in the room as they look at him and you hear all of the votes being cast. <laughs> like, yup. That was the one thing that most of the room actually decided on <laughs> together. Yup. Was he had to go.